0: Welcome to Historical Jesus. I'm Mark Vinette. For 2,000 years, we've been told that Christianity began when the disciples of Jesus of Nazareth came to believe he had risen from the dead. The Jesus Myth Theory includes the view that the story of Jesus is largely mythological and has little basis in historical fact. It is a fringe theory supported by a small group of dedicated, active, and vocal scholars and mythicists. Myth proponents claim that there is significance in the lack of surviving historic records about Jesus of Nazareth from any non-Jewish author until the 2nd century, adding that Jesus left no writings or other archaeological evidence. This understanding deviates from the mainstream historical view, and most historians reject the theory that Jesus never existed. Mainstream biblical scholars point out that much of the writings of antiquity have been lost, and that there was little written about any Jew or Christian in this period, and that there is no known archaeological or textual evidence for the existence of most people in the ancient world. Born in the Second Century is a podcast hosted by Chris Palmero, a secular, self-proclaimed counter-evangelist and former Catholic. Through a close reading of the New Testament and books left out of the Bible, he argues that Christianity began almost 100 years after the imagined death of Christ. Let's listen to his provocative, alternative view of the historical Jesus.
1: What about non-Christian sources in the early period? Well, we find that they are more or less completely silent when it comes to Christianity. Now, if you're familiar with Christ mythicism, the belief that Jesus was not a historical figure, then you already may know that there's a long list of the various Jewish and pagan writers of the first and second centuries that fail to mention Jesus. But a second look at their works will confirm that they don't seem to notice Christianity either. These include the great Jewish philosopher Philo, who died within a few years of the supposed resurrection. Also, writers like Justus of Tiberius, he composed a history of Jewish affairs in the first century, didn't mention Jesus or Christians. Now, Josephus, another Jewish historian, is supposed to have mentioned both Jesus and Christians, but those references were added to his books by Christians much later. And the same thing applies to the supposed references to Christians in Tacitus, Suetonius, and Pliny the Younger. But on the subject of Tacitus, for now, I'll note that the portion of his histories that would have covered events at the time of the death of Jesus has not survived to our own time. It wasn't copied. The books of Tacitus, dealing with the period before and after that, have survived, so draw your own conclusions. The Roman poet Juvenal, despite being acquainted with urban life, despite making special notice of Jews, is unacquainted with Christians. Same thing with the satirist Martial. There was a Greek writer named Pausanias who lived from about 110 to 180 AD, and he drew up an extensive description of contemporary Greece. He was also familiar with Asia Minor, the old stopping grounds of the supposed ancient Christians. He doesn't make note of Christians at all. Florus Lucius, a historian in the reign of Hadrian, 117 to 138 AD, doesn't mention them. To this we could add Seneca and Epictetus and Pliny the Elder and many others, Some might say that the silence of these writers is an invalid argument, but in many of these cases, in fact, most of them, we should expect these writers to mention Christians in connection with the subjects that they do write about, because most of them do touch on local religions or Jewish customs or the general elements of Roman city life. It's a silence that speaks, and it speaks volumes. Now, later Christian history books try to populate the first and second century with airy names of past prophets and leaders, people like Clement, Ignatius, Ammia of Philadelphia, Onesimus. Often these figures are only mentioned in these texts. I mean, they're literary creations, literary legends. Our first actual dateable witness for the Christian religion is Justin Martyr, writing in the middle 150s A.D., And he, as yet, does not know of Paul or any of his letters. He, in fact, knows of no New Testament to speak of. He speaks of no organized structure of the religion other than like an informal congregation presidency. Christianity, to him, is a relatively new faith, which is still in dialogue with Judaism. And he gives us a patchwork of Jesus' quotes, none of which really correspond to the content of the Gospels as we know them. But over the next several decades, our testimony starts to suddenly increase we start to get writings from Christians like Tatian, Athanagoras, Melito, and others. And it's not clear from their writings, except maybe in the case of Melito, who's the latest among them, that this religion has yet developed into anything resembling the Christianity that's so familiar to us today. And perhaps not coincidentally, it's in this same period that the New Testament was actually being compiled. And also, not coincidentally, it's in this same period that we get our first external mention of Christianity by the pagan writer, Lucian.
0: Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-218-6010. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now, 800-218-6010. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-218-6010. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states.
1: We also have apocryphal writings from this period, like the Acts of Andrew and the Secret Book of John. They show no knowledge of the New Testament stories and little to no familiarity with the ideas about Jesus that later became accepted in the church, despite the fact that these books are supposed to have been written nearly 150 years after the death of Jesus the quote from Celsus that depicted the Christians in his time of 180 AD as part of a kind of failing multi-level marketing scheme. We ask whether we get a similar picture from other sources in this time period, and we do. We see Justin Martyr trying to argue that Christian exorcists and magicians are much more effective than the more famous Jewish exorcists and magicians of his time. We also see around this same time period the notion that Christianity is a religion that's being spread by wandering preachers and prophets. The ancient church manual called the Didache says, Let every emissary who's coming to you be accepted as if he were the Lord. But he's not to remain with you for more than one day. But if at any time there is a need, let him also remain one more day. But if at any time he remains for three days, he's a false prophet. End quote. And the same book also tells us, quote, whoever might say in the spirit, give me silver pieces, don't hear him out. But if at any time he might tell you to give to those who are lacking, let no one judge him, End quote. And the New Testament document, First Timothy, says that a lady is to be admitted into the order of widows if she has shown hospitality to strangers, if she has washed the saints' feet, and the saints there would be itinerant prophets. The earliest Christian religion was spread by these travelers who, in an era of religious zeal, spread the good message of redemption through belief in an immortal savior. And not until Irenaeus, at the very end of the second century, who can speak of the succession of all the churches throughout the world, do we start to get a different picture. The Christian religion developed out of new ideas within Judaism in the second century, and it developed in different instantiations around the Mediterranean. And the members of these disparate groups did not realize or did not care that the wandering preacher from the church down the street was from a completely separate and independent religion. He's talking about Christ Jesus. He's talking about salvation. He's talking about the end of the world. So they assumed he's a Christian like me. And when it turned out that he started teaching things that were contrary to what the local community believed, the assumption then was that he was off message. He was a false teacher. It could not have been that he represented a totally separate and unique strain in the religious thought world of the second century. This would have been beyond their comprehension back then. But at a certain point, when the Roman Empire's relations with Judaism in general began to break down, some enterprising leaders within these Christian sects realized that the way of the future was to absorb the rival Christian sects by playing down their differences, establishing a common foundation legend, and cultivating peaceful relations with the Roman state by differentiating this brand new religion from Judaism. This process happened in the middle of the second century, and the reason that Paul's letters are so confused and contradictory, the reason why the gospel account of Jesus doesn't make any sense, is that these enterprising leaders sandwich the beliefs of all these rival groups together. They cut out some of the most problematic ones And that's why we don't get a gospel of the Hebrews in our Bible, for example. But they preserved what they could because this was a survival mission. And it's a much more plausible story for this religion that we still see in the second century as battling rival witches and spreading its message through glorified couriers who can't seem to articulate a unified message between them. And when it comes to the writings of the earliest Christians who are trying to tell us about the very beginnings of their faith— We should always remember that the past appears to be more obscure to them than it should be to us.
0: I'm Mark Vinette. Thank you for sharing your time with me. Doctors endorse it. Nutritionists recommend it. And customers love it. Calotrin Healthy Weight Loss. Ron in Texas lost 35 pounds. Marie in Pennsylvania lost 117 pounds with Calotrin. Diane not only lost weight, but she also found relief from arthritis. Lynn lost over 45 pounds. Calotrin contains collagen, the most abundant protein naturally occurring in the human body, which decreases as we age.